Hey, LifePoint family, we're gonna get to the message in just a moment, so don't turn this off. But before we do, I wanted to invite you to be a part of what we call a tradition around here. We don't have very many, but it's our one tradition. And so no matter if you're a part of a campus or you're a part of our online family, really doesn't matter your zip code, your state, your country, we wanna invite you to be a part of this season because together we're a part of something really, really special. You know, this is a season where we stretch our faith, where we align our heart around the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And we're, we're theming this series, Here I Am. And it's not really a series, it's a season. It's an opportunity for us to say, God, I'm available. And you know, we conclude every year with an offering, a, a gift over and above our regular giving, where we just say, God, here I am, stretch my faith, align my heart to yours. And I wanna personally invite you to be a part of that. Maybe you'd consider a one-time gift or, or maybe you'd give a reoccurring gift. However you do it, we just want you to be a part. I want you to go to lifepoint.org give to see how you can participate today. And I want you to know this, that whatever you give, we're very, very grateful. I know this season has been challenging for all of us and we're convinced now more than ever that people need the life and the love and the hope that a ministry like this brings. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being a part. And together, we're making a difference in the lives of so many. Now, I hope you enjoy today's message. Our hands for Jesus. Oh, it's great to, great to be at LifePoint. What an honor it is. You can be seated. Thanks a lot. To God be the glory. And just wanna take a moment to welcome, of course, all those that are in person. It's great to be back together having church, and maybe you're at one of our locations. Thanks a lot. And then uh, watching online, the online family. Uh, we love you. We know God is there with you. And then I just want to say a special uh, you know, shout out to all those that are, that are watching on demand. Maybe you're somewhere in the world and you feel a part of this house and feel a part of what God is doing here. We love you. Thanks a lot for joining uh, today at LifePoint. Hey church, let's clap our hands for all those that are with us today. Fantastic, fantastic. And so we love you on behalf of Pastor Daniel and Tammy Floyd. We just want to welcome you. And I'm just so glad to be here. Uh, my, I, I get to be a part of this. I've been here several times. And so I love coming around. I'm that uncle you didn't know you had. You know, all of a sudden later on in life, you found out you had an Italian uncle. He's going to show up for the first time at Christmas. You're like, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. So that's me. I may come by this later on your house later on. And I'm one of those guys make myself at home no matter if you want me to or not. I will sit on your couch. I will get up in your refrigerator. I may use your toilet. I ain't scared. It's uh, just one of those kind of guys. And so I feel like family here. I've always felt like family being a part of, of life. Point and I get to serve on a team in a church like this, Church of the Highlands, Pastor Chris Hodges, who uh, loves your pastor. And so many similarities with next steps and helping people uh, discover the way God wire, has wired them. And so that's awesome. And then uh, similar, multiple locations, seeing people baptized all over the church life. And then get to serve also at ARC. And Pastor Daniel talked about it. You'll hear a lot about that as you lead up into your Kingdom Builder offering. And plant churches. We planted 912 churches. Planted 35 churches already this year in the middle of all these things. 
The church is wide open, reaching people. And I think our best days are ahead of us. I just know that God is sovereign. God is in control. I woke up this morning celebrating Jesus. No matter what happens around us, I'm just going to love God. Thank God for all his mercies and all the different ways in our world today. And then I also lead a, more, a movement called Servolution and where we empower churches, thousands of churches, uh, through re relationships and resources so that they can engage their community. And so uh, as a church, you're an outreach-centered church and all the different ways that you do Serve Week and how you love your city. And I've loved how it's been every day during this COVID. You, you've, you've not gotten less, you've gotten more. I mean, the Great Commission is alive and well at LifePoint. And because of your generosity, so we, we help other churches uh, discover that in their setting. And so thanks a lot for providing resources. And when you give in the Kingdom Builder offering, some of that will help us expand to help more churches, more people reach their cities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So again, thanks so much for your generosity. I love your pastors. Pastors Daniel and Tammy are the real deal. Come on, clap your hands for your pastors. Maybe you're watching online. Throw them emojis up. Uh, I've, I've watched what God has done with your pastors and they love you. My goodness, they love God. And uh, you're not around them without a minute. And within a minute, they're talking about you. They're talking about all of your sacrifice and how much they love being a part of your life. And, you know, when you think about the, the, the pastor Daniel and of course, his amazing wife and their family. Even a, you got a great team here. I'm telling you, you got a great team. Uh, I'd walk from Birmingham to come here, work in a parking lot just for a moment. I, it's just the real. I mean, it, it just real, uh, pure, innocent, uh, genuine, uh, not afraid to sacrifice. Uh, two words that describe Pastor Daniel and me is integrity and and generosity. Just just do it right. And so. You're, you're in a safe place. And can I tell you this? I'm so proud of your pastors, how they've even responded during these days. And let's do more. Let's reach more people. Let's, let's make sure that we're sharing the love of God with our neighbor. And I mean, we're just going through a lot of, as, as a people. And, and, and there are people that you can trust. And I think there's a special touch on this house also on your pastors. And so you pray for your pastors during this time. And again, it, I'm honored to be here. And, uh, and especially during this time, I love that Pastor Daniel allowed for me to, to be here during this time as you're getting together, you're reaching people. I was reached through outreach. So when you talk about reaching out, giving out food and distributing things to those that are you know, in less situation than you and I, that's how I got reached. I never showed up in church. I would have never just gone to church. We were not church going people. And so I, I, the church came to me. And so we talk about a kingdom builder offering. We talk about being generous, whether it's one time or, or starting starting on that date to say, hey, you know what, in 2021, I'm going to be more consistent with my tither. I'm going to, I'm going to put God first in my finances. The result of that is what? You impact someone's eternity. I believe that with all my heart because that's what happened to me. And so I just want to say thank you on behalf of a whole lot of people that you're going to reach next year. Thank you on behalf of those, hey, that are not yet here. Oh, come on, clap your hands. That will be here because of your generosity during the season. And I love the theme, here I am. That's what it's all about. It's a time of surrender. It's a time of hearing from God. So my wife and I, we have done Kingdom Builder offerings for probably 20 something years uh, in church settings and with the family of God. There's three things we always do. We always pray. We wanna hear from God. 
I want to hear what God is saying to my wife and I as a family as we give over and above. The second thing is we we plan to be we plan to be a part of it. We just don't, you know, we don't we don't think about it the day of. We start praying now. We start planning now. We look at our resources. We look at what's happened in our life and and we know that God has helped us even if it's tough, even if we've gone through pain, even if this year has been hardship. We're just going to plan uh, to be a part. And then the last thing is we participate. So we're going to go online and we do text to give and things like that. So I just want to encourage you. And then you, you know what you do? You just watch God. You just watch God just bless your life and help you with your kids and help you in your marriage. And so you're making a difference. The food, I mean, I was talking to Pastor Daniel and just the sacrifice of just food distribution. I think you fed everybody in Virginia. Can I have a good amen? I mean, you blessed everybody. Anybody who's had a reduced opportunity in this region has had an opportunity because of your provision. And and thank you so much for just being that church and being those kind of people because that's the reason why we exist. If you look at the mission and the heartbeat of your pastors in this house, it simply says we exist so that people far from God will become fully alive in Christ Jesus. I think I could give my life to that. And, and that's what we're talking about. I want to jump right into the Word. I love the series, Here I Am. I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea. And then I'm just going to give you one big idea, just one simple idea. But I want to talk around the, the thought of a refresher, a refresher. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this house and, and all the formats and all the digital ways. But Lord, thank you for what's happening in this room and all of our rooms. Speak to us. Help us. We need you, Jesus. We need you. We need you. Thank you for our pastors. Lord, thank you for generosity. Lord, I pray, God, that we do have a a heart to be a kingdom of God builder, a builder of the kingdom of God to the least and to the lonely. That's what we're all about. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Look at that person next to you. I know you can't give them a handshake or a fist bump, but you can look at them and say, man, I'm glad you made it to church. Lord, whoo, come on. Look at that other person and say, I know you need some church. Lord, see it all over you. Need some church. Uh, I came to Christ and got involved with a little beach church from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I came to Christ, jumped in this little church, little tiny church, little small church right by the beach there, Ocean Boulevard. And um, uh, love my pastor, my first pastor. I was there for three years. Then I went on to go to Bible college in Louisiana. We planted a church, my wife and I, in Louisiana, pastored it for 20 years. And now we live in Birmingham uh, for the last eight or nine years. But my first pastor was something else. He was a long-winded preacher. Preach a whole series on a Sunday morning. Just today we're going to introduce a series and I'll be concluding a series all in the same time. And long-winded preacher, angry preacher. I don't know if you've ever seen any angry, I don't know if you've ever been in any angry preacher. I've been to some angry preach before. Let me tell you something right now. I mean, it was a little bit of angry preach. And so, but he was a good man, godly man, good man. And, but he did something every Sunday for three years I was there. One verse every Sunday that he did during the offering. And it was Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. And he'd get to the offering time. He'd take a while in the offering. He went with them quick offering. You guys, we're going to pass the containers. Every once in a while, we did the repass. Y'all know, y'all know nothing about the repass. We repassed those containers. And, and he would take his time, and he would always say, okay, we're getting ready to take the offering. It's refreshment time at Living Faith. We get, we're getting ready to break out the refreshments at Living Faith because he believed that there was no greater way to be refreshed than by being, genero- than being generous. And he didn't come up with that. It's in the book of 
Proverbs chapter 11. God came up with it. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. He'd read this every single week. Three years I heard this over and over again. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be, it's a fact, it's going to happen, be refreshed. Most refreshing thing you can do in life is give your life away. So I'm not sure about that because I don't feel refreshed. I don't feel like I've experienced a refresher in my life. See, we're living in a world right now that many, and, and, and there's been seasons that all of us, I think, have walked through uh, the idea and the, and, the, and the pain of a dry place. There's been some times in 2020 that we felt like we were at a dry place, that I feel dry in God. I feel dry in, in, with a dream. I feel dry with the future. I, I just don't feel like there's anything happening. I feel like I'm in a dry place. And, but, but the book of wisdom, Proverbs says, that we don't have to live that way, that one of the ways that we can be refreshed is, is it's, and, and we sometimes think that we're only going to be refreshed in the getting. And Proverbs says, no, 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 no. We need to flip that. The way that you're refreshed is in the giving and in and, and the actual giving it away. It's in the distributing. It's in the, it's in the going out. It's in the relaying. It's the principle that when you pour your life out to others, he himself will pour into you. You say, well, Dina, I've been living in an empty place. Not only has it been dry, I feel empty on the inside. I feel empty in faith. I feel empty with a dream. I feel empty with what's next. And I just feel empty as it relates to maybe my future or my opportunities or in my family or in my dating relationships. I feel like I've been empty. But God says, hey, you're not going to get filled up if all you're thinking about is me, myself, and I. You will be, he will pour out to you and pour into you as you pour out to others others. God's heart is to fill you up. God wants you to, to live a refreshed life, a refresher life. I, I, I researched that word a little bit. It's an amazing. It means to, to freshen again, to refresh. It means a pick me up. It's a cool down. It's, a, it's where there is a, a blast of energy or, or to be radiant again, a breath of new life. You say, well, you know, I've been in a dry place. I've been in an empty place, but I feel like I just feel down. I just feel down. It's amazing how you experience a day and the day is not that bad. You go to sleep and you wake up down. You just wake up depressed. You wake up with anxiety. You wake up at 5 a.m. when you normally wake up at 7 a.m. and you're panicking, you're rehearsing the day and you're going through what's ahead of you. And all of a sudden in that moment, the, that pre-day moment, right, right before you get up, you not even touched your phone and you sense that anxiety or that panic coming on you and you're not even out of bed yet and you feel down. Come on, somebody at LifePoint, can you say amen if you know what I'm talking about? You just feel down. There's no reason to. It's just, it's like there's a cloud that's come over your life and, and you feel like you, you woke up in a desert. That's the reality of life sometimes. You feel low, 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 low. <laughs> God says, I have a pathway out of the dumps. I can help you out of the mully grubs. I can, I can bring you out of the lowlands of me, myself, and I. I can bring you out of the basement of fear and hurt and selfishness. But you've got to open up your heart and you've got to open up your hand. And then I will flow. I will rain. I will spill over into your life. And my Holy Spirit will be a stimulus into your life and then a stimulus into someone else's life. 
He wants to refresh us. It's the truth. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I've had an interesting history and journey with Starbucks. I guess I discovered it probably 20 years ago. First time I went to a Starbucks was in Memphis. Never been to one. A pastor picked me up, John Siebling, a dear friend of your pastor, picked me up at the hotel. We were going to have church that night. It was a conference at his, at his church. A lot of friends were there. He picked me up, and when he picked me up, he said, hey, man, let's run by Starbucks. Okay, I don't know what that is. And is that sanctified? I don't know where we're going. So we go by, and he's like, no, man, it's just a, it's a third place. It's a, it's a cool hangout. Do you know when somebody knows something cool and you don't know it yet? You're like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't done that yet. I don't know what that is. So we walk in. I feel awkward. I don't know where to stand. I don't know what to do. Where do I put my hands? Where do I do my hands? And I don't know what to do. And you order and you're, you're at this menu board and there's all these, hey, can I, have a, can I have a medium coffee? We have a grande. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure if I want that. Y'all don't, you don't know anything. And so he's having to coach me through it. It's like, you know, order, you know, just order, you know, a latte. It's like, okay, I'll order a latte. And then, and then he's talking to him. I'm, I'm confused. People are staying, people are chilling. He's like their dog. Like on, on their head, they've got headphones on their beats. You know, it's back in the day, big beats. Like on the computer blogging. They're blogging. It's just so cool. Everybody's just so cool. They do so. Everybody's chin-checking each other. I don't know. And then they call my name, Dino. Man, you, you don't know me. Don't call my name. You don't know me. You don't know my people. Just don't call my name. I'm Italian. I know people. How you know my name? Well, they, he had told him, and they wrote it on my cup. Dino. I was like, <laughs> and I just feel so cool. What's up, man? I go to the conference like now I'm cool. So I just walk around the conference, been to Starbucks. I'm Dino. And then I've had a journey with my drink. I started out just basic latte. I think I moved into a macchiato. Whew. And then, and then I, you know, I went through like a scholastic academic time in my life. It was a minute. And it was in a, I ordered a chai. And you, and you want to order it loud. When you go, hey, hey, do you have a chai? What's up? Working on my, my doctorate in Domino's Pizza. That's what I do. My thesis on fried chicken. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to just act cool. And then, it was, and then I got stuck on a drink for about a decade. A, a grande white chocolate mocha, no whip, well stirred. Oh, I'm a complicated orderer. A complicated orderer. But recently I have moved. Because I found out I was like 800 calories in that white chocolate mocha. My wife trying to thin me down. So now I order what they just came out with called a refresher. Ooh, about 90 calories in that mug. I drink me like eight a day. <laughs> Only 90 calories, I ate eight of them. I drink eight of them. Hey, and, what, hey, and this is not a, just a refresher. This is called a strawberry acai. And I, have to, I say it like that every time I go in. I go in and say, hey, can I have a strawberry acai? <laughs> They're like, wow. And I get one every day at one o'clock and I drink it the same way. And I've been doing this for a year. I do this every single day.
Hey, can I tell you something? We are living in a world today that is dry and thirsty. Feels like a, dres- a desert. Feels like a dry place. Feels like a low place. Feels like a barren place. God Almighty says, I have the recipe. I have the menu to refresh you. And it's when you refresh others. I want you to be that in your life. God wants to help us. And this is not just found in Proverbs. It's everywhere in the Bible. All across Scripture, there's this this idea and, and there's this heart of God. And we see it through the example of Jesus that he wants to refresh us for a purpose. Not just our pleasure, but on purpose. The Bible is full of these refresher truths for purpose. Here's one, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 10. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works so that anyone could boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God put a divine to-do in you. That's why the enemy wants to keep you empty. That's why the enemy wants to keep you distracted and keep you down and depressed because there's a divine to-do in you, and when you spill it over and you release it, you bless and you help somebody. So the enemy's always trying to tell you what you're not. And how you have nothing to offer. And because of all these things in your past. And because of all this pain in your life. And because of all this trauma in your family. And because of a bad week or a bad weekend. You have nothing to offer. That does not alter the divine to do that's in you. None of those things have changed. Because we've had a bad week. We come back to God. And the divine to do is there ready. Because God put it in you before you before you do anything. I mean, I thought about this the other day. I don't know if I've ever said this, but I thought about this the other day. We give, our family gives generously to our church. We're, we believe in the tithe. And I remember giving and I thought, wow, Lord, if I believe this, this verse, that when I was born, this gift to, 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 to give today, to go online and to, and to, and to, and to worship God with my tithe, You put it there. You knew about this. The first time I gave an offering to a church when I was 19 years old, $40. My tithe at 19 years old. God, you did that in advance. That even before I even knew the church, even before I even knew this long-winded pastor, you put that gift in me. Even before I packed a box of food, even before I reached out to the homeless, even before I prayed for those that have no Bibles, you put all that in me. I mean, God, in advance, you put something in me to be, to be kind and to be patient and to be understanding with those that are fighting addiction. You put that in me. And, and, and God did why well, for purpose. A couple other verses says in Titus 3, 8, it says, this is a trustworthy saying. I want you to stress these things. I like that. Thank God for a pastor like Pastor Daniel who will stress the correct things. I'm glad he's saying, hey, we're taking a kingdom builder offering. I'm glad we were able to pack food for everybody. I'm glad we have a serve day and, a, and an outreach. Why? We need to stress these things. Can't hide them, can't not talk about them. Stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves 
to what? Doing what is good. Matter of fact, it's excellent and profitable to everyone. I think I want to live the more excellent way. I think I want to live a life that profits others. And then the last verse, I love Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, it is put on a lampstand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you light must shine before people so that they may see, 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 see the good things you do, you do. And then by seeing the good things you do, they will praise your Father in heaven. So the way I treat people, the way I love people, the way I notice the hurting, the way I lean into those in my neighborhood who are going through pain, the way that I'm there for someone who is suffering, the way that I'm there for someone who is going through a storm in their life. You mean to tell me the way that I serve them and love them and I bring a meal to them or I buy you know, a, 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 a devotion for them or I send them a link to watch a sermon, all these things that we give out of our life. You mean to tell me, th- God, you can translate that and transfer that into a time where, where, where they will then praise the God of heaven? I can live my life in a way that it can turn into someone else's eternal impact? I think I want to do that. Give me some more of that. Give me some more of that. Uh, I, I, my, my wife and I will go out to eat, and I love sweet tea. Mm-hmm. She, she orders me unsweet tea. And sometimes, you know, when it gets a little low, you know, I, my mother, we got to a restaurant, she'd say, I need, I, can you refresh me? Can you refresh my tea? I think a lot of us sometimes, we're just wondering, can he refresh me again? God has plenty of grace and mercy and healing and help for you. He's not, he's not lost the recipe of a miracle. He can still mix up the miracle, mix up the grace, mix up the help that you need so he can fill you up so that we can live a life in this region where we go around and say, my cup runneth over. He wants to fill your cup so it runs over and impacts those who maybe have experienced hate or experienced pain or have lack in their life. It's the heart of God. Yeah, I, I love the age that I'm at right now. I'm 56. I love being 56. I don't, uh, they, somebody said, well, you know, 56, it's okay, you're 56. 56 is a new 36. No, it's not. 56 is 56. I like being old. I can't wait to be 57. I love my age because the older you get, the more you say what you want and go to bed when you want. All these grown kids at my house, their boyfriends. I got all these kids at my house all the time, boyfriends and husbands and wives all at my house. I just walk in to say, y'all all leave my house. I'm going to bed. Get out of my house. You say what you want. It's amazing. And so when you're old, you, people ask you advice. So I'm always on like a panel. I do like the panel circuit. You know, I'm like on a panel concert circuit. And, I, you know, they're like, okay, hey, let's get the people out here. I've been in ministry forever. And, you know, let's, can y'all make it here? Are y'all okay? Do we need to bring the mic to you? And so it's like, gee, thanks. And so I've been in ministry now for three decades. And, and I get, you, you get asked a lot of advice. Hey, can you tell us? The other day I'm on a panel. The guy says, hey, man, uh, can you tell us, you know, all these years of ministry. And I know you've, you've been in the ministry since the Mayflower. And I know you were there when Rome was built and rebuilt. And so can you, can you tell us what are the three greatest decisions of your life? I was like, hmm. I was like, I don't know if I made a lot. 
I've made a lot of bad decisions. I've made some fair decisions. And I thought, I think there's three great decisions. I think the first one was when I said yes to Jesus Christ, June the 21st, 1982. I just graduated. Come on, class of 82, boy. Y'all know nothing about Duran Duran and cool in the gang. Class of 82. I said yes to Jesus. Gave my life to Jesus. Hey, it has impacted everything. Second greatest decision I ever made was who I decided to marry when I asked Dylan to marry me. And, 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 and who you decide to do life with, whether you're single, single again, blended family, divorce, whatever, whoever you decide to go do life with is super important. So when I asked Dylan to marry me, she said yes to the dress. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So she said yes. We've been married 33 years. And so, you know, that's a, those hand claps are for her. I promise you. And then the third greatest decision I ever made, and I wrote it down different this time. When I decided to give my life to the cause of Christ through and with the local church family forever. I made a decision at 19 years old that I'm going to give my life to the cause of Christ through and with the local church. I decided then that I'm going to be a contributor to the house of God with my time, my talent, my treasure, not just a consumer. I decided that I was going to be a steward and not just a shopper. I decided that I was gonna, I was gonna sacrifice, and, and do whatever it would take, whether it, it, whatever level and whatever stage and whatever form that looks like in the different seasons of my life. I'm just, and can I tell you something? It's changed everything. I mean, I just decided at a young age that I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm gonna do everything. And and my wife and I, we, we've decided to give and we serve and we give our time and we get to be a part. And can I tell you something? I have no regrets for any of it. There's not a minute that I've ever given to the cause of Christ. There, there's not a prayer card that I've ever prayed over. There's not a ride I've ever given. There's not a, a meal I've ever delivered. There's not a tithe I've ever given that I look back and regret. Why? Because I've always got way more from God than I've ever given. The rewards of his grace and his mercy have always out, outweighed any regrets or any risk that I may have ever walked in. It's just the way it is. It's the heart of God. So as I finish up, there's one point. I told you I got one big idea. I ain't five applications. I ain't got 32 thoughts. One idea. Here's what I came to give you today. It's this right here. When you refresh others, Jesus is revealed to you. Can I have a good amen? It's just the truth. When you make a decision with my life, with the kingdom builder offering, with what I'm navigating with my time, I'm in between jobs, I'm in between schools, but I'm going to go serve on a team. I'm going to be a part of a life group. I'm going to lead a team. I'm, I'm going to go up and give my time to some things. I'm going to go give out food. Or I'm going to go help someone at a nursing. When you make a decision, I'm going to go down the street and help this person with their situation. When you make those decisions, can I tell you so? When you refresh others, Jesus himself is revealed to you. Because we live in a world where I need Jesus in my life. I need to see God. Where's God? Where's God? I can't find God. I don't know where God is in this relationship. I don't know where God is in this, in this situation. I don't know where God is in the loneliness, the anxiety, and the depression, and, and this addiction that keeps showing up over and over again. Where is God at? And I need Jesus. Man, I need him in my life. I need him every day. I need him every day. I need Jesus revealed. 
my day-to-day living. Need them revealed. Where do you find them? Where can I get them? Where, where can I see Jesus? Because I don't see him in this marriage, and I don't see him in this job. I don't see him in this world. Well, Jesus said, I'll tell you where you can find me. <laughs> it's in Matthew 25, 40. And the king will answer and say to them, or surely I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. It's me. Serve day, king to build an offering, loving your neighbor, helping the hurting, noticing those in your community who have a reduced opportunity than you. When you, when you love them and you serve them, you embrace them and you reach them. He said, you did it to me. It wasn't your neighbor. It wasn't somebody that looks different than you. Oh, that was the form and that was the way. But ultimately, you, you did it to me. You gave that offering. You give it to the church. You give it to a person. You gave that to me. You dug that well in India. You helped that AIDS camp in Mozambique. That was me there. It wasn't, it was me. I never forget, I heard a story of one of my heroes, Mother Teresa. She's in Calcutta. She's feeding the street kids. I went to one of her homes of the dying in Madras. Stood in this home, 300 sick street people. Every day they died. I gave a devotional. I remember just seeing the least and the lonely and the hurting. The poorest of the poor marked me for life. I remember standing in a line outside of this hospital, handing out rice cakes and leopards, the cripple coming by. They said, Mother Teresa, group came. They said, we want to research your life. We need to know if you've had a vision of Jesus. Have you had a vision like others have had? Have you seen Jesus in a vision? She said, oh yes, many times. <gasps> they begin to get ready and to document it. She, she, she's, she's had a vision of Jesus. They said, when did you have this vision of Jesus? She said, this morning, I walked outside the hospital. There was a street kid laying in the gutter. And I rolled him over with mud on his face, wiped off his face, and I looked into the face of Jesus. I saw Jesus today. So I've never seen him. Oh, yeah, you have. You look real crazy. You'll see him. She said, I see him every day. Hey, you know what? Let's be that church. Let's be those people. I saw Jesus today. Somebody said, have you ever seen Jesus? Yeah, I see him. A pack of grocery bag and give out a little bottle of water. The other day I was at Popeye's Chicken. Come on, somebody. And it was somebody in front of me struggling to pay for their three-piece and their biscuit. 
I said, excuse me, man, let me get, I'm not saying it take my story. I just said, excuse me, man, can I get this for you? She turned around. I saw Jesus at Papa's. Amen. Let's be that church. Let's be those people. Let's bow your heads. Let's pray together. Father, I just pray for everyone joining us. Lord, I pray that we will be that church. We don't see people. We don't see people different than us. We just see Jesus everywhere. We saw Jesus today as we gave and loved and cared. So, Lord, touch every heart. Fill our hearts up. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. And we're going to give you an opportunity to say yes. Or just one moment, one of our pastors are going to come and help you take that next step here at Life Point. And, and maybe you're here today and you just feel far from God. You feel alone. You feel you need a fresh start. You need a new beginning in your own heart. Maybe there's a struggle. There's a storm. Maybe you feel dry and empty. I don't know. I've been there in my own life. But right now, wherever you're at, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, we're going to give you that opportunity to take a next step. But I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in prayer. I'm not going to have you stand or come forward. But right where you're at, if you just say, Dino, I need Jesus. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start all over the street. Watch it online. If that's you, could you just slip up your hand and say, Dino, pray for me. I need that fresh start. Thank you. I see hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. Pray this prayer. Let's pray it out loud all together as a church, all together in all of our formats. Let's pray this. Say, Dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and you rose again. So I confess you as my Savior. Be my everything. Give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start. Help me in my life. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.